a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Rebels and Imperials, to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Liz and Matt. And friends, we are here at the conclusion of The Mandalorian Season 3. Chapter 24, The Return, debuted yesterday. And um, before we talk about the season as a whole, I want to talk about just this episode. So we briefly talked last week about just sort of the, the end of the season of The Mandalorian, how it was starting to maybe focus itself a little bit more into something that felt more akin to what the first two seasons were. This episode very much felt like a finale to a season that we didn't actually get. Like, this is a pretty straightforward finale that, you know, is all about Moff Gideon and Mandalore and all that. And we spent precious little time with Moff Gideon this season. Um, I also feel like there was a lot of curveballs that could have been thrown into this episode that were almost universally ignored. And so this, to me, felt like a very safe, very predictable season finale. Uh, Matt, I want to start with you. Do you Did you have a different take on the finale, or did you, do you sort of see it as a pretty safe, vanilla way to end the season? No, I, th- I thought it was very safe. I, I don't... It wasn't... I'm gonna. It wasn't disappointing at all, um, but it really was a back to reality check, where there is so many crazy ways things could have happened, so many characters that could have introduced, so many plot twists, and they were just like, "No, it's normal stuff's gonna happen. It's gonna look good, and we're done." Um, so I I agree. I think it very much was safe. Um, and it was surprising in how it wasn't surprising, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I can see that. Liz, what about you? Yeah, I, I honestly tend to, you know, agree. It felt like a cohesive conclusion to a, a disjointed season, which I think we all mentioned. And it did. It, it felt safe. And I think um, it felt almost relieving to me in its safeness after this season. Um, you know, it was a fast-paced episode also, which um, I enjoyed, which maybe in the moment made it feel a little less safe, but it definitely was a, you know, a, a safe way to, to end the season. But it doesn't mean it wasn't enjoyable, at least for me. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I'm, I don't think it was unenjoyable either. I thought that it was, I think it definitely has some good moments in it. My my issues with it come down to to two things. One is that the episode last week was called the Spies, and people have been debating online who that is in reference to, mm-hmm. and everyone seems to agree that one of the spies is uh. Elia Kane, who was the the woman who tricked Doctor Pershing into getting his mind wiped, you know that, mm-hmm. that episode that and she, we see her in that episode. So okay, she's a spy for Gideon. Yeah, but everybody thought there was another spy out there because it's the spies plural, and there's plenty of things you could have called that episode: the Shadow Council, the Planet, whatever you want to call it. But it was titled the Spies, so everybody thought there was going to be 
somebody infiltrating the Mandalorians. And this makes sense because that episode ends with Moff Gideon knowing exactly where they're going to be and trapping them there. Mm-hmm. And so there was people thinking it's going to be the armorer, people saying maybe it's going to be the people who were on that weird like time bandits ship that was um that, that was like on <laughs> the planet surface, right? Like maybe those are the people who are the um who are spies from Moff Gideon. Maybe it's Axe Woves or one of the other people who were like the um you know, the mercenaries. Maybe one of them is feeding Gideon information. And so there there seemed to be a moment where I I just kept waiting for there to be a turn where it would seem where there'd be this emotional catharsis for all the tension that was being built and somebody was was going to be betraying their people and that just never happened. And I really think and this is this is this is just the way my brain works. If that episode had been called the Shadow Council and not the Spies, I'd have liked the finale more. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I I I have no idea. I've forgotten that was called the Spies, and I have no idea who that is in reference to, other than. <laughs> her like yeah yeah i i i I really don't know why it was called that episode why that episode was titled that no you know you can change the name right like you don't you don't have to go with this name listen that i i one thing i did appreciate about this episode is that it felt very star wars in the fact that there were a lot of just like dumb unforced errors that yes. <laughs> Star Wars just loves. Yes. And you're like, oh, 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 wait, why? Okay, because Star Wars. All right. So I'll, I'll chalk it up to because Star Wars for the name of that episode. <laughs> yeah, I tried to not think about it too much. You know, it had been brought to my attention. My brother had mentioned the armorer, who I did not want to believe could be a spy. Mm-hmm. Um, But after the, um, not the finale, but the prior episode, I, you know, I was suspicious, but then I kept thinking red herring. Um, And then I tried just not Mm -hmm. to think about it as I watched the finale. Yeah. (laughs) I tried to turn that part of my brain off. It almost felt worse that it was such an obvious red herring. Like, the only reason I didn't trust her is because you told me repeatedly in the last episode, don't trust her. Right. And then you're like, ah, gotcha. (laughs) <laughs> everyone's yeah. a good guy it's like oh yeah right. well you know when you think about it like at the end of season one most of the covert is destroyed but she isn't mm-hmm. why does she all of a sudden warm up to Bo-Katan why does she all of a sudden volunteer to take people back to the ship and not be part of that confrontation that was happening with Gideon's forces like there's lots of things that were that were shown there that would give you pause mm-hmm. if you were trying to think about you know, uh, if this person is trustworthy or not. Um, And it it might be a super long con, but who knows? See, I thought that too, but there there are scenes where like, where she was flying through the air, like using her her hammer and shit to to kill these uh, troopers. And I feel like if you're working for them, you're not going to take them out like as you're doing this. It just felt like it was, uh, you know, maybe, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, it's supposed to be, I don't know. It could be a long con. We'll see. Uh, so there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about in particular, 
with this episode. Um, number one, do you guys think Moff Gideon is actually dead? Oh, man. I, I, at the time when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, dead. And then when I was talking about the episode a little bit today with someone else, I was like, oh, we didn't see him uh, in flames or anything in his super uh, But I, I, I want to believe he is dead, but I feel like there is a possibility he is not. I yeah. also want to believe he's dead because Din told Grogu we have to make sure he dies. Otherwise, he'll be back. Mm-hmm. And this won't end. But he's a great bad guy. Mm-hmm. I, I hope yeah. he's alive just because I want them to use Giancarlo Esposito more. Well, he's yes. excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, you had a whole bunch of them, and now you don't. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, now, yeah, and his, his clones are dead, so maybe he's still alive. That's yeah, I, it, it's very possible that he's he's still alive, even though, again, the because Star Wars, one of the few things we know is um, like bad from Mandalorians is far. So that would assume that him, you know, screaming into the void while being incinerated would kill him. But he was wearing that super suit. So I think what they might be going for is that he is now so uh, burned and charred that he's now locked in that suit, much like Vader. Mm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, See, I just, my brain instantly went to, we've seen somebody in a metal stormtrooper costume before almost die multiple times, but not actually die. And that person is Captain Phasma. Yeah. And so uh, this just seems like Captain Phasma 2.0. Yeah. Um, which is a bummer because I feel like, look, again, I'm not opposed to that character surviving. It's just a lazy way to make them survive. Mm-hmm. Especially because we've seen in, I think it's in the Clone Wars, maybe it's in Rebels, when someone like electrocutes a Mandalorian in the best car and they like basically cook inside their suit. Yeah, that's Rebels. That's, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we, we've seen it before. Yeah. Again, uh, lightning, fire, and getting... Uh, shot in the many places that you don't wear Beskar armor mm-hmm. is the weakness, only weaknesses of the Mandalorians. <laughs> <laughs> Things like their neck, most of their uh, side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. They made Grogu that, like, chain mail out of um, Beskar. Why don't they just wear mm-hmm. that under their under their other Beskar? You know, it's a excellent question. And too heavy, too heavy. The, yeah. the answer that I would have given you before last episode was Beskar is so rare. No, you can just <laughs> toss it onto all these assholes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just the bad guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, I feel like I'd be upset if um, he wasn't dead because Grogu was integral in his death, using the Force a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, I... I have a little bit of an issue with the way that Grogu's force is used. Not with not with that part in particular. Mm-hmm. But like it seems that Grogu sometimes forgets he can use the force. <laughs> and I understand why like in the season 1 when there's that oh, what do they call it? Like the mud mm. the 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 monster oh, yeah. creature thing. Yeah, like when he doesn't know what the force is 
or, or you don't you don't you don't know what he knows, right? Yeah. And so you see him do that, and it exhausts him. Whatever you that makes total sense. Yeah, it's just instinct. It feels like. Yes, exactly. Um, but then when you know, like, oh no, he was at the Jedi Temple, mm-hmm. and then he trained with Luke. This, this dude knows the yeah. Force, right? Like, and well, uh, I don't know. apparently it, it seems like his training was um, the subway scene from Ghost. <laughs> so I don't really know. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Um, yeah, all I can do is 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 push things out of annoyedness. <laughs> yeah, um, but like you know, and I understand like maybe he's saving up his force usage because it does still tire him out. <laughs> but it just seems like when your dad's being attacked by these Praetorian guards, like you just lift them up, you just squeeze their heads, whatever you do, like just you know. Mm-hmm. I. I did think there would be more force usage from yeah. Grogu, more impressive force usage. Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't get far, far enough to get into the uh, force choking portion. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Although Luke, Luke is not opposed to a force choke. No, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> that might come in like uh, in like year six of of Jedi training or whatever, and he, mm-hmm. didn't, he didn't get that far. Mm. Um. All right. So that's that was my second question. My my first question, rather. My second question, how long do we think that this merry band of Mandalorians can live together peacefully? Um, well, they start filming in October, I think. <laughs> yeah. So I would assume sometime mid next year. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I think it depends. I think having a common enemy was a great way to bring them together. Yes. And how long will it be before there are squabbles between them unless they have another common enemy? I, I mean, I guess it's going to take some time to bring Mandalore back to its prior state. Maybe that will keep them um, from bickering too hmm. much. Um but yeah, that's a good question. I think you know rallying against a common enemy is is quite helpful. So maybe there will be that again, and that will help band them together. Um, that that's my hope. Yeah, I don't. I mean, all, all we know moving now, we're at the point in like the timeline that the only thing we know from here on out is that there are Fang fighters in the final scene of. Um, the rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So Mandalorians exist in some form or another, and either they have had a resurgence or one of the sick ships we just watch attack the base still exists. So, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bo-Katan says in the seventh episode of the season, like no outside enemy has ever brought down, Mandalore it's always been fighting from within so I think that she's aware of this situation mm-hmm. and that she is going to be you know doing her best to avoid these sort of instances in the future but I just feel like these people are all toxic terrible people for the most part <laughs> uh, who don't know how to work together so uh, yeah I don't think it's gonna last very long either um, yeah. yeah, and why would you want to join the clan where you can't take your helmet off when there's one that will allow you to take your helmet off whenever you want to? Yeah, so like it was interesting that in that in that scene of the baptism of the the Vizsla kid, like everyone there was wearing the masks. Well, we're wearing the helmets rather, 
But but to me, that felt like Bo-Katan's crew was wearing that because it was a ceremony thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, out of respect for the ceremony, you put the mask on, right? The helmet. I keep calling it a mask. Put the helmet on. Um, but it is going to be weird, like, when if they do find new foundlings to be like what's what's the rule for is it whoever brings them in like you know if 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 one of if the armorer finds somebody does she get to say you got to keep the mask on or do they choose it themselves like what do we know about this you know i mean um, grogu doesn't have to wear a mask i i thought i thought the whole point of him becoming an apprentice or do they get the yes. mask when they come back from their journey I don't I don't know exactly. Maybe I don't know. That was confusing to me too. Yeah. yeah. Did a, Vizsla kid already go on his journey? It didn't seem like it, right? No. Yeah. I that was I mean uh, I, also there where are all these other families going on journeys too? Well that's so, so like, I, like I you're, you're an exile yes. hideout. Right. I had the same question. Like I feel like that they just don't want Grogu on Mandalore next season. That's the <laughs> that's the whole reason for this is they just want him off planet yeah. as they Again, create this thing. Very Star Wars decision making. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah. speaking speaking of of Star Wars, here's how you know that Dave Filoni was really busy with um, Ahsoka this year is because this this episode had the worst description of the Force we've ever had in any Star Wars media ever. Um, <laughs> Moff Gideon says I was building the perfect clone with the one thing I don't have the force as if the force is like a skill you can pick up <laughs> where like Star Wars bends over backwards to tell us the force is everything right and like certain people can learn to use the force but you mm-hmm. can't gift someone the force you can't say happy no. birthday I got you the force <laughs> the, the, the writer of Phantom Menace also wrote this episode yeah exactly yes so it was just very strange that Moff I mean and look I understand Moff Gideon like having an imperfect understanding of the force because he's not a force wielder of any of any sort mm-hmm. um but i just wanted i i kept waiting for han solo from the force awakens to break in and say that's not how the force works <laughs> like because <laughs> it was just such a clear yeah. weird instance but apparently that. that you have to that's how you uh it's hard to clone midichlorians yeah which is why they want a grogu that's why they want a Grogu. Mm. Because they couldn't find any other Jedi, even though they kind of are all over. Um, but this guy. Maybe his race is. I guess, theoretically, the Yoda race is particularly Force sensitive. Right. So I guess I could see that. Um, still, it, yeah, Medical race. Thank you very much. The Yaddle race. I yeah. apologize. <laughs> yep. Ugh, man. Yeah, I, although I do like Yaddle a lot. Now, after that little, uh, that little, uh, whatchamacallit we had. Yeah, different Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yaddle forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question with, with this is, so, um, it's interesting that they said last week that Gideon was not part of Project Necromancer, which was what brings Palpatine back. He just wanted to clone shit for himself because he's an egomaniac or whatever. Mm-hmm. So my question is why? <laughs> not 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 from Moff Gideon's perspective, from a show perspective. Like, if you're going to do this character that is all about cloning, 
and you're trying to eventually make some sense of the sequel trilogy, why would you have somebody <laughs> doing a different cloning project instead of just making it all part of the same cloning project? This is like the this is the logic <laughs> that Star Wars has, where like there's Wedge Antilles, who's a major part of Star Wars, but there's also a Captain Antilles, and they're not related. <laughs> like, they, yeah. Or how like half the planets that mentioned in A New Hope rhyme. Like, there's Tatooine and Dantooine. Like, Dantooine. Like, yep. There's just wh – why are you adding this very similar thing? Yeah. Instead of just yeah. having them all part of the same cloning thing. It makes no sense it, to it, me. It is like needlessly, needlessly complex – Maybe, yes. maybe, maybe somehow Moff Gideon's one clone will return and begin the next cloning program. But they said that fucking what's his name that Hux's dad <laughs> was doing cloning already. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say somehow someone returned. I appreciate that very much. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we know who returned. Somehow Palpatine returned. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. And we're. Still exploring the somehow, but again, like, but this could have helped explain the somehow. It could have, but it instead, it's just a separate thing. It's just yeah, yeah. Well, well look at well, all the stories we can tell. But also, like, wait, so did we use this cloning program storyline of the Mandalorian instead of just connecting that to Palpatine? What well, we want to introduce the child abusing weirdo? Who is actually in charge of Necromancer? Like that, we don't want that spinoff. No one wants to watch Old Man Hux. <sighs> but not, not even that. Like you can still have Old Man Hux just as important. Just don't do a second cloning thing. It just makes. No yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I can't get over how much this bothers me. <laughs> it's it, just, it's just very, very bad planning. But, but again, it's very, very Star Wars. Yeah, you're right. I need to stop thinking Star Wars is anything but Star Wars. It, it, it's like, oh, okay, okay. Like, again, why? What that hallway, the scene, awesome. The logistics with, when with you the, like, with, with, with the with ray the, shielding. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, the ray shield. Like, that's awesome. Oh, it's also a throwback to Phantom Menace. Okay, these are not ships that have anything to do with each other, but all right, no problem. Like and there's no guardrail. They're just standing in front of pits, <laughs> yeah. Like indefinitely, as Moff Gideon paces around what we thought was a throne room, but really is just the entrance. Like, but not the other entrance that R five is on, or the entrance. I don't. I don't know what the hell is going on there. Yeah. Again, looked awesome. Just stop for a minute, and you're like, what is happening here? I feel like nothing is also more Star Wars than just no railings, just an yes. open fall. Oh, yeah. O OSHA and Star Wars, not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Also, those guys, he kicked those guys down pits, but they're wearing jetpacks. That is true. <laughs> that just occurred to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I know it. No. Is that Whatever. the equivalent of like when you're looking for your glasses to find out they're on your face? Like, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those guys got those guys died. They're like, oh, I'm falling, and then they're like, oh wait, I'm. Oh shit, my jet! <laughs> and then they're blown up. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's ever look well, great. Look great. It did look great. Yeah, it did. Um. All right. So here's my next question. 
back in December of 2020, or I think it was December, there was a Disney Investor Day, it was called, which was uh, a live stream of a bunch of announcements for stuff that was coming out through through Disney. And there was, like, that's when the Lightyear movie got announced. Mm. Um, a bunch of Star Wars stuff was announced. A bunch of Star Wars stuff we still haven't seen that was announced. There was supposed to be a droids movie, if you recall. Um, mm. Like an mm-hmm. animated droids movie that has never happened as of yet. Um, Based on our favorite TV show, Oh, God, droids, I wish. Right? I wish, yes. With that Trouble weird... again. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> With that weird, like, rubbery C-3PO movement that we all love so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so but one of the things that was announced was a show called Rangers of the New Republic, mm. and the, it was never explicitly said, but it was presumed that this was going to be a Cara Dune spinoff show. But then Cara Dune decided to be an asshole and got herself written out of the show, and basically she poochied, died on the way back to her home planet. Like they mm-hmm. they they have conveniently written her away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you laughing? Did you get my, my Poochie reference from the yeah, Simpsons now? No, but I I do like that. Okay. Um, I, I was laughing at the again. Wait, they found Beskar, and then that old dude just forgot about that fact and went to drink at the bar instead. That is true. Yes. Um, Sorry, didn't mean to yeah, interrupt. That's right. <laughs> so, um, I kind of think that the show The Mandalorian is no longer about Din and Grogu. That mm-hmm. that show is now going to be, um, the uh, that's going to be like the Bo-Katan show, mm-hmm. and the like what's happening on Mandalore show, and I think they're going to pull out that name, the Rangers of the New Republic, and make that the because that that's what that's what the show is, right? Like that they said next season basically it's going to be Din and Grogu, or rather Jaren and Grogu, because Din is both their name now, um. <sighs> whatever um it's gonna be them like out on adventures mm-hmm. so even if they don't call it that i feel like that's what the show is going to be though i feel like, I feel like there are going to be two different shows now mm-hmm. and there kind of has to be yeah i don't know how you can keep telling that story seg in segments Un- unless bo katan gets like a the book of boba fett treatment Okay. Either in her getting her own mini series or half of Book of Boba Fett season two just being about her. <laughs> right. Either way. Right. Hmm. Yeah, that that makes sense because I was I, I was talking to a friend of mine about the finale last night and just what the next season could conceivably look like based on where we were left and sort of the two different storylines and it, it seems like it would make more sense to split off mm-hmm. Bo and what's going on with her, perhaps, and some of those other characters into another show. Especially if we want to see more of um, Din and Sir Din Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, yes. Oh, he was knighted. You're right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got so many names now, from no name to so many. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Like he's Count the... Dooku, he just has royalty for no reason. <laughs> yeah. He's he's the Sean Combs of uh, <laughs> of Star Wars. He's Puffy, he's P. Diddy, he's Diddy, he invented the remix, etc. Um, <laughs> yeah, so 
I, I do think that this is going to spin off in some way into a new show. But I also, we talked about, about this last time, like that Dave Filoni movie is supposed to tie all this stuff up. So like how many new shows are you going to create to like to bring us to that movie? Or yeah, in three years time, right? right well, they haven't officially announced when that movie's coming out. So I guess it could be slightly longer than that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, I, I still think that they're not going to, that that's going to be the end of like the Tarkin story. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. But I think I, a lot of these other shows are going to continue past that with other stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, it seems to me like Star Wars is in a position now since they've been divorced from the trilogy model where you don't have to think of everything as so short term. Yeah. Like what's crazy is that we have already seen more Din Djarin on screen than we've seen Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Wow. By a considerable margin. Yeah. You don't ah. have to tell these six hour stories anymore or nine hour stories, whatever it is. Like that's a season of The Mandalorian now. The, the a season of the, the Mandalorian episodes have been a little, little bit shorter as of late. But essentially the running time of three seasons of The Mandalorian, and if you throw in those weird Book of Boba Fett episodes that had Mando in it too, I would say that there's probably more on-screen time for Din Djarin than any character from the nine films. Across all nine films. Now, obviously, if, I, you, yeah. if you include, like, Rebels and Clone Wars for Obi-Wan and Anakin, that changes a little bit. Those characters probably have almost as much, but those characters also weren't in every episode of the show. Uh-huh. The way that Din is in almost every episode of the show. Yeah. And that's, again, the wild thing to think about is, but w- once they have that new film, Ahsoka will essentially be the pillar of all Star Wars. She will have been in by far the most screen time of any character, I feel. Uh, it's going to be close. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That that's really interesting. Um yeah, yeah, it's all it's all very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Star Wars painting themselves into a corner since they titled Episode Four. So <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did see uh, last week was National Siblings Day. I did see somebody tweet National Happy National Siblings Day, and it was the the scene of Luke and Leia kissing at the beginning <laughs> of uh, Empire. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, George Lucas painted himself into a lot of corners, and Star Wars continues to do so. Yeah, at this point, it's almost an homage, like stepping on your own feet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a very good point. Um, so let's sort of pull back and look at the 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 season as a whole here. Is it just me, or does is this? I mean, look, I think it was more entertaining on screen than the Book of Boba Fett was. I would argue that it does more for Star Wars than something like Obi-Wan did. But I don't know if I've if there's ever been any Star Wars that has felt this disconnected and disjointed. Like, this really did not feel like a cohesive eight hours 
in the way the first two seasons really did. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I have any argument there. Yeah, I I agree. Um, it felt disjointed, and I think you know the finale and the episode before it did a bit to tie things together, but it, overall, the season did feel disjointed. It, that being said, you know there are elements in those episodes that uh, I enjoyed, and I it made me think about how. You know, I'm going to say maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago when I was watching TV series, and I think a lot of us were, uh, a lot of times, I think now we expect our TV series to sort of always be on point, sort of have tight episodes that lead us to an end. Um, And in the past, that wasn't always the case. Um, and, And I think... I. I enjoyed some of these episodes just individually, even some that were maybe a little more campy that I don't think everyone else necessarily did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I enjoyed the season overall, despite being disjointed. And sometimes I do mourn the days where we could have long TV seasons where there were just fun episodes where we weren't sort of headed for some sort of end game um but that being said I, it was sort of a, a disjointed um season but it, in the end it did all come together i i think pretty well mm-hmm. I, i'm interested in that comment liz about missing long tv seasons <laughs> i i i think on one hand i agree with you on another i don't know if i do because I'm like okay so for instance i think it depends on the kind of show that you are that you are making like this is a, a, a tangent but are, are either of you watching the show jury duty that's on right now no no it's made by the creators of the office it's very funny everyone should watch it. it's on freebie it's a free app go find it um but like jury duty is a show i could watch 21 episodes of that because it's, it's kind of a show where you just hang out with the characters and there's no like overarching plot to it but I then think about Lost and how before they gave Lost a six-season order, they were telling shows about, like, there were shows about Jack's tattoos because they ran out of stuff to talk about in the flashbacks, and they had created this format that wasn't conducive to treading water. The format had to keep moving forward. And so I think on one hand, I would watch a show of just Din and Grogu doing shit, especially because, like, I thought what was great about the finale was... This is the first time this season we've seen Din be the elite warrior that we knew him to be. Before we knew Grogu, the first like 50 minutes of the Mandalorian pilot, the biggest takeaway was how good of a fighter he was and like how good with we hadn't seen a live action Mandalorian who knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. We just saw Boba Fett get eaten by a sarlacc, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was nice to see that and I I think that next season's Mandalorian if it's just Grogu and Din doing like monster of the week jobs I think that can be a longer kind of hangout season but that's not what Star Wars intended this show to be like they from the beginning they were putting more into this and wanted it to be not this indefinite 
series, but a series that had like an arc that was bigger than just the show itself. It was part of larger Star Wars or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if you're going to do, if you're going to do that kind of a show, you can't tread water too much or it just gets dull. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I mean, you can't have a show that has no purpose at all. Seinfeld would disagree with that, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, a a comedy sitcom, yeah. I think that's perhaps a different animal. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, So, if we're talking about favorite episodes and least favorite episodes of the season, any any, uh, specific uh, ones to, to shout out? Mm. I mean, I the finale. I I love the finale. Um, th- there's again some weirdness, lots of places. Uh, but in the same way where we got to see Din be like a badass on his own, we finally, for one, maybe the first time in star wars live a- definitely first time in star wars live action because really only in rebels did we see the male mandalorians be badass but watching them in action was amazing um they are very very tough to mobilize um very much wrangling cats but once you get them pushed in a direction it was awesome even the fact where their full global assault was pulled together in about five minutes. <laughs> That's like true. they were they they were attacked. Um, Woves was like, "Okay, let me go. Let everyone else know that we're being attacked." And they're like, "Wait, no, never mind. Come attack." And he's like, "Okay, hey everybody, jump onto ships, go fight these things." And then Woves, in one of the most badass moves in Star Wars just runs the ship into the base. It's not heroically sacrificing himself. Right. Almost a Hondo yeah. maneuver, but not quite. Hold he though. also Hold almost though. blew his load as he uh, <laughs> fell down there. I don't know why he was edging so hard and gripping those armrests, but he uh, he got off and got out, and uh, now he's still with us, which is fantastic. was not a needless sacrifice, which I assumed it was going to be. I assume there'd be at least one big death. Yeah, the yeah, biggest. Well, the the biggest. There were uh, all the naked Gideons were the deaths, I guess. <laughs> I would also say the biggest death maybe is the dark saber. Mm, true. Okay. I, I I do wonder where we're going with that. It, to me, it just seems like you have to like. This is about letting the past die. And it's about not letting the old relic of Mandalore d- dictate the future of Mandalore. Do you, do you, but do you think the armor makes a new something, if not the Darksaber, something to unite them? Mm. Some sort of ruling item? I don't know if they feel they need it anymore. Sure. I, I, I hope they don't, but I don't know. It seems like a not um, intelligent way, really, to select a leader. Right, yeah. But (laughs) the Mandalorians do seem like they like um, things of that nature. So I wouldn't 
necessarily be surprised if the armorer created something new, but I, I like the idea of not having anything. Yeah. Because they, they both they both understand it's super dumb, yet believe it wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Like uh, whoever holds that dumb sword is the uh, only one who could rule Mandalore. Whatever. Like I have the sword. It's like we will die for you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Any other comments on the season? I I was I was genuinely concerned for Grogu when those Praetorian guards followed him into that separate room and the doors closed. I thought he, I was like, is he going to be the death? That's yeah. Gonna, that, I know. Again, like killing Chewbacca, that'd be so brave. Yeah. yeah. Oh, not dead. Not dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I I did say, oh no, Grogu, at least four times in this episode. And see, he... I had heard a rumor that Pedro Pascal wants out of the show. Uh, I, mm. I, a, a little part of me thought he might die in this episode. Yes, um, but then reason. Grogu saved him. Right. Yeah. 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 I uh, my my thought is is more of a question for the group. Do you think that Moff Gideon installed those um, those police lights on the mouse droids specifically or just newer mouse droids <laughs> have them on that because we see wow. mouse droids further in the series not have that aftermarket upgrade hmm. so I don't he, know. Just has, he just has a passion for this he you know he he, he loves to upgrade things yeah yeah so. he, i could i could see that he he is just extra in all that he does exactly. he, gets, he gets all the kits and has yeah. them installed aftermarket yeah. Yeah. yeah, imagine being the stormtrooper that has that job. <laughs> I hey. mean, it's better than being the stormtrooper that's a stand over a pit between yeah. a pit and a ray shield in <laughs> case anyone walks down this one hallway. That's a boring shift. Yeah, I, mean, I I would rather be the like the guy that tinkers with new tech than be the guy who's cannon fodder. But you know, <laughs> yeah. teach their own, I suppose. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say something else. Oh, we didn't mention R five. Who's oh. who uh, did something? <laughs> yeah, he yeah. came through. He did. Good job, R five. Or and we didn't talk about um uh IG eleven is back. Oh yes, IG eleven's back. back not again. not IG thirteen, but right IG eleven. Yeah, which confused me because I thought that the body that Grogu had was IG 11s old body, and they yes. bumped it up a number to indicate change. But that body was melted by fire, but now there's a new body with the same old name. Yep, yep. Confused. I don't know. Whatever. It's just, He's just RoboCop, and to the point where he even says RoboCop lines, which yes, was awesome. <laughs> Hopefully, like RoboCop next season, he shoots somebody in the dick. Yes. <laughs> yep. But I'd buy that for a dollar. a robot that's only fueled on cocaine. Exactly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't seen RoboCop, watch RoboCop. It's legitimately very good. Mm-hmm. I cannot vouch for RoboCop's two through four or the TV series. And by four, yeah. I mean the re- reboot. I believe there's only three and then a reboot. But um, re- Yes, it's three, and then there's a second trilogy of made-for-TV. Oh, is there? Okay. Um, yeah. I, did re- I do actually really like the reboot. So oh, okay. I, I, I've been meaning to watch it because Michael Keaton's in it, and Michael Keaton is good in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but... he, uh, it, it, it's good. But yeah, watch RoboCop. 
Yeah. The yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. See, see us on our new podcast, RoboCop, the first RoboCop <laughs> and the first Blade. <laughs> Ooh. The entire series is just about the first in those series of movies. Uh, there, there's a series called, there's a podcast called the Star Wars Minute, where they just talk about one minute from every Star Wars movie. We could Whoa. do the RoboCop Minute. Yeah. Um. What will be the th- what will be the third? So I pick RoboCop. Matt picks Blade. Liz, what's the one movie that you would pick that's part of a series? We're only talking about one of them. Oh man, this is tough. Um, I feel like I have to come up with something now, and I can't think of anything. First movie in a series. Mm-hmm. Well, First movie. See, see, you like the Rocky movies too much. Yeah. You like the Fast and the Furious movies too much. I do. You like the John Wick movies too much. I do. Um. You, you you can sleep on it. We can. I'm gonna we... I'm gonna sleep on it. Yeah, and like there are lots of like terrible trilogies I like, and it's not that like the first movie is good; they're all bad. Yeah, hmm. there's also different levels of bad, right? Like, like well, the first yeah, Ghostbusters like... is clearly the best Ghostbusters. Oh, but that's o- true. But the other ones aren't like offensively bad to me. Also mm-hmm. true. Um, maybe Back to the Future. I do love Back to the Future one. Much more than two or three, but yeah, same. Most most people love two. I am I am not as high on two as everyone same. else is. I yeah, Back to the Future one is really where it's at for me. Maybe as of now, that's what I would say. Okay, I couldn't tell you because uh, Brian and I were going to watch them, and I bought them on Blu-ray so we could watch them, and then the pandemic happened. <laughs> I was going to say, don't you blame me for this motherfucker? That was, <laughs> that was a global <laughs> pandemic here. <laughs> <laughs> Do not put that shit on me, man. I have enough guilt in my life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that was right when um you and I, Liz, bought microphones because we're like, oh, school's closing for two weeks. We might have to record a pod on the yeah. virtual for one week. <laughs> and we still haven't gone back to in person. Even though we, we we've seen each other many times. We just have not <laughs> gone back to the in person recording true. yet. Uh <laughs> Uh, well thanks for listening folks um we have to catch liz up on rebels we have to finish our discussion of the bad batch we're gonna read a book at some point mm-hmm. i have an idea for a video game thing we should do we got some ideas going on here so we'll be back in a few weeks with uh with more uh star wars goodness and remember until then the force will be with you always always